Hello, SDG Talks community. Kevin Sofin here with your mini-series from the Unleashed 2022 Innovation Labs in Mysore, India. A lot of these interviews occurred during the mornings in the eating hall. You will also notice my voice getting progressively worse as the week went on, so please excuse the not-so-perfect audio. There are many fascinating conversations here with brilliant people covering all the sustainable development goals, and I'm excited to hear your feedback and questions from the content. A special shout out to the Unleash Secretariat, Comonix, HCL, Infosys, and the countless other partners that made this incredible event happen. Now enjoy the content and keep on SDG talking. Sitting here day four, I think, or maybe five. Lost track. We've lost track of days. We've lost track. It's Unleash. We're still going. It's good. And the breakfast was fantastic. It was. It's it's good. And you know, the coffee is growing on me. South Indian coffee, I have been told, filtered coffee is amazing. You have to be keep trying it, keep drinking it. It's what is keeping the entire lab going at the moment. So Adam Mastogo, how is Unleash going for you? Oh, it is fantastic to be back. I think the, the first thing is, is that having been a talent in Singapore, facilitated Shenzhen, and then back here in Mysore, it does not seem like COVID happened. It's good to be back in the same room with all the great people and all the great talents that get to come here. So I'm just energized and enjoying it. Unleash is always incredible. Amazing people that are around the table. Can't believe the the range of talents that are all in the one place discussing big issues. I'm in SDG4, a real passion area of mine, and hearing all of these great ideas and perspectives, and also what they're doing at the moment. And that is absolutely incredible. Like there is no space like this in the world. It's really special. So what fires you up about Unleash? You kind of get alluded to it, but what, when you're you're here, like I myself feel like I'm an extra, extra there's an extra gear when I'm here. Yeah. Um, to you, what is it about Unleash that makes it so special to you? As context, so I live on the island of Tasmania, off the bottom of Australia, and we have a bit of a culture sometimes that as long as you're doing the best in Tasmania, you're doing the best according to our community. And I've had multiple opportunities to be in an international environment like this. And you realize that what we may have assumed was the best is definitely not it. You come into this space, this is world's best practice, sits in this room. And so when you get to work with other people, you get to discuss with other people, you get all these different contexts that come together. I talk about an issue that I see in my schools and someone from Bangladesh or someone from Poland or someone from some, um, Ghana comes around and says, hey, I'm facing this same issue. You get to collaborate, you get to discuss, like go and find me anywhere that can happen. Actually, our lead facilitator, Christian, said, if this was the UN, imagine the things we'd get done. And I think that's what makes Unleash really powerful. So many nations, so many people all here to make the world a better place. And there's really power and diversity, and you see it among some of the teams, the uh, balance between gender and ethnicity yeah. and, and, and religions and having different people at the table that have different perspectives. is a really powerful thing when you're thinking about how can you truly get to the root of a problem and seeing how there are differences from, let's say, South America to Asia, yet there are commonalities that can be applied. And I'd love for you to kind of riff on that and dive into the idea of what we all struggled with and had some fun with during the first two days of really understanding a problem through problem framing. Before we jump into that, I really want to, what you've just discussed, the diversity is really powerful. I think if you start to think of the teams that we would pick in our own context, in our own communities to come up with solving a problem, you would never be placed with people from different continents the way you are here. And so that element is really powerful. And I, I just want that to be really well stated. I agreed. Because we just, you wouldn't do it like this, but no. you do it and here. And they become your best friends. I see some of these teams oh. that are that are hugging and taking these selfies. And, you know, they're, and I think about my team from Unleashed 2019. And they're some of the closest people that I still talk to on a consistent basis. I'm still talking to my team in 2018. They're excited that, I, that one of us is still involved and still here. So, yes. But anyways, 
we're going to discuss about the problem framing process and oh for me, it's a fascinating stage for people to work through. So I do teach students this process in schools and take over their sort of entire school program for a week and run through this. And I just find that the problem framing process is a really great way to gain clarity, especially when you've got these diverse viewpoints. You kind of actually need to land this statement because once you land the statement, all four, five of you around the group agree on the same statement. Everyone comes in with their own stories, their own perspectives, their own context. But we need to help not just the individuals. I've talked about this is not unleashed for individuals. This is unleashed for your team. And how does your team move forward? And so it's a great way to, to discuss, to move through. But also if you get stuck in this process, I think there's real anxiety and tension. And so once you land that statement, I'm of the opinion everything unlocks. Ideation makes sense. It's not hard to get to that prototyping stage because you've got a common idea. You've thrashed this around, you've discussed it, and you've landed on something that you all as a group, that I call it a goosebump moment because that's what it is. When you land that insight at the bottom of a problem tree and you go, that's it. That's what we need to solve. And you're going, there's multiple views. I actually don't know what the one solution is because you do get some groups that have a solution and frame a problem backwards and it's so easy to see. But when they come in and they have a, a really great opportunity to be divergent and think broadly from that, like, yeah, it's a goosebump moment. I have no other words for it. And I think we have to really facilitate and carefully help groups get to that point because then they just get clarity and momentum. And the energy that comes out of Unleash, I would have be of the opinion, comes from that point. Problem framing is hard, but once you hit that stage and you go, you're firing. And you're, the great part about this lab is you're not just firing for the lab. You fire into everything else you do for years to come. I remember myself having that aha moment when we were in China and it was that spark that all of a sudden gave us this extra momentum where it was like, wow, we really can do this. And yeah. it was that was the idea of taking a bunch of existing off-the-shelf technologies and repurposing it in a way and offering it as a service to people that didn't have it before. Mm. And I've heard a lot of people think about innovation, about developing this new widget, developing yep. this new big software. And I do think there's a lot of value in terms of disruptive brand new innovation. Mm. But I've also been telling some teams the idea of that sometimes innovation is repurposing, maybe this is the, definite, the conversation between innovation and impact, but the idea of taking something that exists somewhere else and repurposing it and mm. making it contextual and accessible for another population to reach impact. What are your thoughts on that and kind of maybe the conversation between quote-unquote innovation versus quote-unquote impact? They are so different though. Impact is all about making the difference, making something incredible for someone else. I'm part of the global shapers community, improving the state of the world, and we just improve the state of the world for one person. That is impact. What are we doing to make that change and that? That to me is all that process. I can go out and help you or I could buy you something. It's not innovative, it's not creative, but if it makes a difference in your life, I have made impact. For me, innovation is new ways to look at the world, new ways to do, but it, it has to be about doing. If you just simply come up with ideas, that's not enough. And our world doesn't need more ideas nicely. Our, our world needs action. And so I often will talk about people who are doers. I talk about young people being confident, creative and capable because for me, they need to do things. And innovation gets you to the point of doing something new. And I think there's a really great opportunity. I know what you're saying about the widgets and things like that, but I think a really good innovation process helps you identify a problem that you hadn't seen before. You get to a really specific insight that you just sit there and you go... I didn't realize that gap was there. I didn't realize that was the thing. I teach problem framing when I teach it to students and I often talk about mental health, which is obviously one of the tracks here. And I talk about, and I put that at the top of a problem framing tree. If we could solve mental health with one solution, please do it. I will give you some money. I think we all will, but it's not going to be solved that way. 
it's going to be solved in a thousand different ways to fix a thousand different contexts. And I think innovation allows us, done well, allows us to find those different contexts, different ways to solve it. We will not help everybody, but we will make a massive impact with a small group of people, and that is powerful. I agree with that idea of um, once you can really understand that gap, it really allows you to kind of start having some clarity in terms of how to solve a problem. And uh, one of the experts the other day was talking about in the Unleashed Guidebook, we talk a lot about the theory of change, but he talked more about, don't think about a theory of change, look at a theory, as, theory of constraint mm. in terms of looking at what is that barrier that's preventing X from happening and then why is that happening and how are you going to do it? So when I teach problem framing to nine-year-olds, I use people instead of the user group because people is a really easy thing for them to get that touch point around. Need is the same, but I break the insight into importance and gap. So people need an importance. So who are you talking about? What do they need? And why is it important we meet that need for the person? If you've identified that needs to be met, back it up. Give me some fundamentals. What's the difference this is going to make? And then I go, the gap is the fourth part, which is why I use that language. Because the gap is why they don't have it. And that for me is, then you solve for the gap. How do you meet that need, understanding that gap exists in the community? And I think it's a really great way to actually go. That, that for me is the door that you then create your solution through. Yeah. So you've done this a few times. I have enjoyed getting to know you over the past couple of days. And you, you not only do this with adults, but you teach this process in your own words, in your own way to kids. Yes. To nine-year-olds. Yes. What's that like? And, and what can adults learn from nine-year-olds? So through all the processes, um, I think... So I think there's one element that innovation processes and what we step through is often presented in a very academic way. And I say this in a really nice way, people with PhDs, academics, they've written really great stuff, they've done the research. It doesn't work for a nine-year-old. And so you've got to bring it down in the literacy levels. And realistically, they're all action-oriented strategies. And so that's where, for me, that language is teaching a contradiction and an insight. There's a lot of complexity in that. Importance but gap, the tension is inherent in that statement. And so a lot of the stuff that I'm looking at and doing is how do we make concepts more understandable, easy to access, because we aren't talking about stuff that is proprietary. The whole world should have this knowledge. And so same thing, we teach students how to write their financial budgets, how to write a break-even analysis in that five-day process. Nine-year-olds. Nine Nine-year-olds. They're very good at it, trust me. We teach them the four Ps of marketing, how they're going to build a great strategy, and then how do they actually use that to then implement it. We teach them pitching strategies. We teach them teamwork strategies and research strategies and how to collaborate and how to use their time effectively. Like They're the things our world needs more of, but it has to be done very much in, um, our, especially our nine-year-olds, our, our younger students. We talk about diagnostic starting points. We find out what they already know. And I don't think our world starts from that point too often with young people, even 15, 16-year-olds where I do most of my work. They don't ask them what they already know. They come from a point of, you don't know as much as me, sadly and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to give you a kidified version of this process. And nine-year-olds, I start from, a, what do you know? And I want to build on what you already know. Our 15, 16-year-olds, we've actually removed, in Illuminate Education Australia, we've removed the whole language around future. Education is not for the future. Education is not for a world that will come down the track, and we are not preparing young people for another world. We need them now. I need a nine-year-old to walk out of that room and get funding. In fact, actually, one of our regional programs in regional New South Wales in a town of Moree. They pitched their idea. It was great. They looked at the fact that in their community, there's two places the families hang out, the pub or the racetrack. Kids aren't welcome at either of them when you think about it. So they went through this process and said, well, how do we create a space and a way for us to be welcomed as part of our family? So they basically developed a games trolley that sat on the back of a truck that you could hire out from the school 
250 bucks for a weekend with giant Jenga, giant chess sets, ball games, board games, all sorts of stuff that they wanted to do. They needed $5,000 to start it. They filmed their pitch. Their member of parliament sent it through. And the Premier of New South Wales said, I can't believe the financial analysis you've done on this. Here's the money. That now exists. That's amazing. And a good example, if you don't ask, you don't get. But if you actually present something with a little bit of context and a little bit of actually facts to back it up, that can show some impact. But you've also got to give the space. Like, I have none of that knowledge walking into that room. I have facilitated them through a process, but every single step of the way, that is their work and they've stepped up. And I think that's a, there's a really careful thing around facilitators. Like, we love being at Unleash because we love being part of these solutions and these ideas. We mother hen our talents. Like, Yeah, it's the, not you, it's them. Yeah, exactly. But we, and we have to give them space sometimes. And that can be hard. But when you actually get that chance that they run and they do amazing things, you just have to sit back and watch them and just go, I'm in awe of you. That's the magic in the room. That's it. That's it. And we, yeah, once you create that space, they're in awe of us for some reason. I haven't worked that one out yet, but... Facilitators, the- you're so cool. I know. Adam, I just want to hang out with you. I think I've adopted almost every team in education, so I, I can come over and help yours. I mean, watch, well. watching some of the teams go through and really find these breakthroughs, I'm just like... Proud father moment. Yeah, but I know that you've done it and I'm proud of you. And Thank I think that's the, that's, that's the incredible things that we, we have to impart and that's what this space allows for. But imagine that when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, like our bulk of our work is that sort of 13, 14, 15 year old age group. That really critical point where you're being asked, what are the subjects you want to choose to finish school to make you direction the rest of your life? And imagine an unleashed type experience at that point in your age when you can go, hey, I can solve problems in my world. Yeah. We've got to do more of this. So to the aspiring social impact change makers, whatever you want to call them that are maybe on the fence or thinking about applying next year or someone that has that, that buzz and, and that itch within them that they really want to do something and whether that's get involved with Unleash or just wanting to make an impact in the world in some capacity, what would be your message to that person? I think my message for someone who wants to come along and be part of Unleash, simply apply, but apply with an open mindset. Apply to come in and learn. I think it's very easy to come in with your passions, your skills, your projects that you already have in mind. But I think this is a space where you have to come in and go, I'm here to learn, I'm here to build. Having reviewed applications and looking over stuff, it's, it's very evident when someone wants to come in and solve their problem rather than who wants to come in and benefit in this environment that is really special. And I think that's the thing. If you want to come here, it's not because you want to take this all back to your community and solve your problem and the knowledge that you get here. You've got to come here to learn and be a better person to then create better impact. Who cares what it is, but you will be a better person if you can come into this in an open mindset. In terms of just creating social impact, connect with others because it's hard. It's not an easy process to go down and it's not normal. So with that perspective, you've got to connect with others. Build pe- get people in the ecosystem to connect with you. There is probably someone from Unleash nearby. Reach out, chat to them because we're a global community of, of thousands now all over the world. We were actually discussing last night. Imagine an, a board with every single talent where they were mapped out in the world. It would be an incredible map. And it means that you're near one. It, whoever's listening to this, it wants to start something. You're near someone that can help you. Connect in, talk to someone else, help someone else challenge some of your assumptions. Because often we go in there and go, I want to change the world. And it's like, yeah, but these things may not happen the way you want it to. And then that we can actually support to create really targeted, supported steps. Change the life of one person the world is a better place. Imagine, I heard someone talk a number of years ago. I'm sorry, I get carried away. But this I, is good. I heard someone talk a number of years ago that from a mentoring perspective, if everybody mentored one other person, the whole world would be looked after. But if you think from an impact perspective, if, if we all could help one person, so someone helps me and then I help someone else, the whole world is looked after. 
And that's where to start. Don't think of how do I solve for 10,000 people? How do I make a million dollars? That's not the point. I'm helping 28 people going through a social impact incubator back in Tasmania. It's our state's first. And helping make social impact part of economic development, which I'm really passionate about and I'm excited we're doing that. But I'm going to help 28 businesses start. But one of those will remove all single-use cups from our city. One of them will change the way fashion waste is forever in our city. One of them will help more girls be involved in adventure sports, which they should have always been involved in, but it's always been seen too blokey. Like, those impacts are powerful. So don't just think you've got to be, I don't know, on the front cover of Time magazine or something massive to make a change. You help one person's life. That's powerful. So just start there and go there. I agree 100%. And it's really remarkable when you actually can see that impact on one person. And I've had the fortunate experience to actually positively impact the lives of a few people mm. in in Michigan, in Nepal, in Tanzania. And, that's it. You know, it's tens, hundreds of people. And, and those are the things when I see those pictures and I see those messages, that's that's why I wake up in the morning. Yes. And I and I think that's kind of the, the fire that, that gets me going, gets you going. And when you were talking about, and I asked you the question about message to other unleashers and aspiring people, mm. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, kind of question like, why do we do this process? And, you know, innovation is really a messy process. And my thing is that, you know, it's not innovation is not a perfect science. It is it is great to have some level of a framework, but ultimately, what I say that the, the great thing about Unleash is to come here, one, connect with people and LinkedIn and WhatsApp, everyone, and continue to connect with yeah. people. But two is that it's good to have some analytical tools in your brain in your framework to be able to apply. That's and to me, that's one of the valuable things that you can bring home to look, go home to your problems and to what you're working on and. Go home with a new lens to approach it in a new way that can allow you to better understand the problem, to allow you to come up with ideas, to allow you to use the skills you're learning here, whether that's public speaking, whether that's connecting. Yeah. I think the innovation is messy comment, and what you've just discussed has probably articulated it really nicely. For me, innovation is also critical thinking. It's a process to provide thought process. Like, you look at a, a problem tree statement where you're asking why, we can have that same conversation. We just map it out on a page. You look at all of the things that we're asking people to step through. It's to help them gain clarity, to help them think. And so ultimately for me, while innovation is messy, it is the way that we process information. And so actually being guided through it, our brains are messy. Our thought processes are messy. But innovation provides a way for us to actually discuss it and talk about it and not have those assumptions that we come to the table with, which I think is really um, incredible. So. so, Adam, what would be one final mic drop or final, maybe a favorite quote that you live by or, or some sort of final message that you could leave us with here today? So, I don't know if it's going to be a mic drop moment. I'm sorry. But I might leave you with what is my driving value. And so, for me, my whole perspective on what I do every single day is I help unlock momentum. So, my whole thing is, is that I, I don't talk about potential. I heard Charles Casillo talk about stepping into your bigness and you have a frame. But I'm not from the perspective of that idea that you have a potential that you haven't yet realized. I believe everyone is on a journey and my role is to help you get there faster. That's, and that's what I think all of our roles as facilitators are. We know where you'll get to. We're here to help you get there faster. And I think even that impact is really powerful. That's what I do with kids. That's what I do with people with disabilities or long-term unemployed individuals or help through our training programs. I just help you get there quicker. You may have gotten there on your own. But I want you to get there quicker because I believe the impact is worth it. And that's what I think we can all, even if that impact is what we can all individually do in the world, mentor someone, help someone, chat to them, have coffee with a social entrepreneur that wants to start something and you can help them unlock some momentum. The world's a better place. It's worth it. That's powerful, Adam. Thank you very much. And on behalf of every on Unleash and SDG community, SDG Talks, and just everyone, thanks for what you're doing and keep going. 
Thank you. Thank you. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the SDG Talks podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash in United Nations community. The goal of the SDG Talks is to bring you good content. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.